In Parsha Chayesara is generally read in the Shabbos Mavarcham of Kislev, so it's understandable. We know that the Parsha of that we read on a Shabbos is connected to the days of what's happening during that week, like Yom Tovim of that week and so on. So Shabbos Mavarcham Kislev has connection to the month of Kislev. What is the outstanding Yom Tov of Kislev? Is of course Hanukkah. So there must be a connection and some sort of an allusion to Hanukkah in our parsha, which there in fact is. Hanukkah, is, of course, is about was established because of the miracle of the the lights of the menorah that it was only there was only enough oil for one day and it lasted for eight days. And in fact, in this week's parsha, we find a similar miracle that it says that when Yitzchak brought. Rivka, when he married her, he brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother. And Rashi explains why is it tent, this tent of Sarah, his mother, that just like by Sarah, the, uh, one of the things was that the Shabbos candles burned from Friday night until the next Friday night. It burned throughout the whole week. In other words, that there was a miracle that the oil lasted for a whole week. A similar miracle to what happened by Hanukkah. And although... It's true that the, the miracle of Hanukkah is a greater miracle. First of all, we see that a, a Yom Tov was established in order to celebrate this miracle. So there must be something about the miracle itself, which is the miracle of Hanukkah, which is outstanding even more than the miracle of Sarah and Rivka's Shabbos candles. And it's difficult to say that what it means is that their light, their oil only lasted seven days, but the oil of Hanukkah lasted eight days but essentially it's the same and it's only a matter of a little, you know, another 24 hours so that can't be the difference so we have to examine the miracle of Hanukkah to see the difference there are two ways, two approaches that the Beis Yosef says on how the miracle of Hanukkah happened one is that there was an increase in the amount and the quantity of oil they only had one jar of oil, let's say call it a liter there was a liter of oil which was needed in order to light the menorah every day so it would have lasted only one day and miraculously more oil occurred and there are two ways in which this could have happened one way is that as they were pouring into the cups of the menorah the uh, jar of oil remained full as, uh, as it was and the other way is that they filled the menorah with all the oil but none of it was used up. And they came in the morning, it was all still there in the menorah. But in both cases, it means that there was quantity of oil added. That was the miracle. Another way is that the miracle was that the quality of the oil was miraculous. That what normally would have lasted for, would have burnt up in one night, only an eighth of that burnt up as a result of the miracle. So the power of the oil, the oil lasted longer. So that every night, only an eighth of the oil that they had was used up. As the Beis said, that it was, they only put in an eighth every night, and uh, that was enough, sufficed for the full night of burning. Although normally it would have taken eight times as much. So basically, to see if the uh, the miracle of uh, Sarah and Rivka's uh, uh, Friday night candles were the same as Hanukkah would depend on these two approaches. If we say that it was a qualitative miracle, that oil that only is supposed, is only supposed to last one night lasted eight nights, 
That's similar to what happened by Sarah and Rivka. They put in enough oil to last for Friday night, and it lasted the whole week. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been considered a miracle if they put in a big barrel of oils. It's not a miracle. It's just expected. So obviously, that's the kind of miracle that happened for them. Yet, there would be a difference between the miracle of Hanukkah and their story because, first of all, it lasted an extra day, and second of all, by the, by the Menorah, in the Beis HaMikdash, Hanukkah, they had to extinguish it every day and relight it every day because there's a mitzvah to light it. Whereas by Sarah and Rivka, they just lit it Friday night and it went throughout the, the week. So it was only one miracle, so to speak, whereas in the Beis HaMikdash, the miracle reoccurred every day. If you, but if you look at it the first way, which means that it was a qua- quantitative miracle, so then that didn't happen by Sarah and Rivka. So the mess of Hanukkah was a different type of a miracle than by them. But still, there is also precedent for that kind of miracle, which means that on Hanukkah, nothing, there wasn't anything new and novel that had never happened because a similar thing happened to Elisha and the woman that he told to fill, to get a whole bunch of empty jars and to fill it from this one uh, cruise of oil that she had, and she was able to fill up all the empty jars. That is exactly the idea of the an increase of the quantity of oil. So that miracle already happened, also. Now, according to each one of these approaches, there is a problem in the mitzvah of lighting the menorah. According to, if we say that there was an increase to the amount of oil, in other words, that miraculously, the, the jar filled up with oil that wasn't there before. The question with that would be, the oil that has to... Uh, you have to light in the menorah has to be olive oil now this is miraculous oil not olive oil so that would be a problem although we could answer that maybe it doesn't have to be oil that was squeezed out of an olive it just means that it has to have the same characteristics as olive oil that it burns nicely it doesn't crackle and so on and this, this could have met that according to the second way that it was a quantitative miracle which means that they only put in an eighth of the amount that was needed normally that they would normally fill there's the problem there is that there is a requirement to put in the amount of oil that is needed in order to burn through the night and that means let's call it a liter but over here they were putting in only an eighth of a liter so that's you know they're missing that requirement that is needed for the menorah to put in as much as it needs Another problem is that they didn't fill the cup of the menorah, and we know that in the Beis Hamikdash, the way that things become sanctified in the utensils of the Beis Hamikdash is when they are full. When you put the full measure in, only then does it become sanctified. So here it would have been lacking that. And if you want to say that they already knew that it was going to burn up only an eighth, so they knew how much they had to put in, so then if they filled it the first night. So the first night they had eight times as much as it needed. The second uh, night it had seven times as much as it needed, which also doesn't meet the requirement. It's much more than they would needed. Only the eighth night would it finally be the amount that is actually needed. So those are the difficulties with these two approaches. So the Rebbe suggests a third approach, which would explain all the questions that we had. First of all, it would show that the Ness of Hanukkah was something that had never happened before. It wasn't. Uh, there's no precedent to it, like the story of Elisha or the the lights of of um, Sarah and Rivka. The Beis Yosef says that according to one approach, that they put all the oil into the cups of the menorah, and in the morning they found that they were still full of oil. That's the quantitative miracle. 
So it's possible, perhaps we could say that what the Beis Yosef means with that is not that, you know, it burned through the night so it used up all the oil and then miraculously it refilled every night. That's not what he means. What he means is that <coughs> the oil was burning because the oil in the Beis Hamikdash has to, in the Menorah has to come from olive oil. So it, it, it's the olive oil that has to fuel the fire, which means that it has to be using the oil, the olive oil, in order to burn the fire. But at the same time, it wasn't using it up. Similar to what we find by the sned, when Moshe Rabbeinu saw the burning bush, it says that the, the bush is on fire, which means that it's the bush that's causing the fire to burn, and it's not getting used up. So it was the bush that was feeding the fire, but none of it was being burnt, which means at the same time, you had two opposites happening. The fuel is burning, is feeding the fire, but none of it is being used up. And that is something which is actually called nimna hanimnois, which means it's something that is unimaginable. That at the same time, two opposites are happening, that is, we can't wrap our heads around that. Similar to what we find about them in uh, the Aaron that the Aram was, the space of the Aram was not was not measurable. What does that mean? It means that if you measured from one wall of, to the other wall in the Kedusha Kadashim, it measured ten cubits, ten Amas. If you measured from one wall to the Aram, it was five Amas. From the other end of the other wall to the Aram, it was also five Amas, which means the space that the Aram took up wasn't taking up any space. You had five Amas on both sides of the Aram. Yet, at the other, on the other hand, the Aram w- had to be two and a half Amas, because that's what the Torah states. So the Aram was two and a half Amas, but it didn't take up any space. So you have the... Math, uh, uh, mathematically, that doesn't make sense at all. Either you ignore mathematics, space, or you, incl- or you don't ignore it, or you have space. At the same time, to have space of two and a half Amas and at the same time it's not taking up any space that is unimaginable we can't understand that how that could happen and another interesting point about this which is in order for the Aaron to have the qualities that it could have such a miracle connected to it that it doesn't take up any space in the Kedush in HaGadoshim the, it had to have two and a half Amas because if it didn't have two and a half Amas, it wouldn't be the Aaron as Hashem instructed. So it wouldn't have the holiness of the Aaron. So no miracle could happen with such an Aaron. So it's the two and a half Amas that it has, which allows it to escape the confines of space and not be measurable. It's because of the two, two and a half Amas that it has the ability to, to transcend space. So that's even more that it's what contributes to its... Be uh, transcending space is the fact that it takes space, and the same thing is true about the Hanukkah, the Menorah, and the Beis Hamidrash as well. In order for it to be able to have the miracle that it uses oil and at the same time not burning oil, it has to be using oil because that's how you—that's the requirement of the Menorah being lit—that it has to be fueled by olive oil. So it has to have olive oil to fuel it, and because of that, it's not going to consume the olive oil. So it's the, that which is contributing to the other side. So the two things are opposites which are making each other happen. Another point 
that uh, of the three approaches and how the miracle happened is this according to the first way which is that there was an increase to the amount to the quantity of the oil so when did the miracle occur the miracle only occurred at one moment when the when the suddenly the thing was full again there was suddenly all this oil that's when a miracle happened after that it was just burning naturally somebody would come in in the middle of the day and see that the oil is burning it would just look like the oil is burning that's it he didn't see any miracle it only happened at the first moment according to the, uh, the approach that it was a qualitative miracle so any time you walked into the, to the you would walk into the okay, to the Beis Amigdash and you would see the menorah burning and you would watch it you would see that it's only using up an eighth of what it should be using so the miracle could be at least the observance of the miracle the being able to see the miracle continue throughout the, the night but the fact is that the miracle only happened once when when Hashem infused that oil with the ability to, to use only an eighth of the amount that normally it would use that happened right at the beginning but then it was still observable throughout the night and the third approach which was that it was using the oil and not using it up at the same time the miracle occurred every moment of the day as it was going on that miracle kept occurring again and again and the same it could be observed again and again so that it's a miracle that it was constant and this is something that never happened before that is a, a miracle with oil that never happened before the Rebbe now relates these three ways to Avedis Adam to a way a person serves Hashem there is Nes and Teva miracle and natural what is the difference in Avedis Hashem between natural and miracle natural means the way a person serves Hashem under normal circumstances you do things in the way you do them you have these talents you have these ways of doing things and you serve Hashem um, in a structured way in an orderly way you go about your day normally that's called serving Hashem naturally then there is Kabbalah's oil submission to Hashem and Mesiris Nefesh those are call upon powers within you to go beyond what you're used to doing to beyond to what you're accustomed to do that is miraculous that's beyond nature your nature and although for a Yid every, all Aveda must be founded on Kabbalah's oil on the submission to Hashem and to the readiness for Mesiris Nefesh because without that one could go off in the wrong direction totally but this can happen uh, that has to be the foundation but it's not the way you function on a regular daily basis generally but in order to bring to bear this uh, Kabbalah's oil that it should be the foundation of your day there are three ways in which, in which one can do it there is one way which is you reach Shema in the morning which is Kabbalah's oil you take upon yourself your commitment to Mesir Nefesh and to accepting Hashem and whatever he wants and then you go about your day normally which means there is in the back of your mind subconsciously you have the memory of having been committed to Hashem and therefore that will guide you through the day there is another approach or a, a more elevated approach which is that it's not only that, you rem- that in the back of your mind what you read in Shema is there subconsciously but that you keep it at the forefront of your mind I have to live in this way it's something that will help guide you through a day in a much more 
immediate connection to your commitment to Mesir Snefesh and Kabbalah Sayyid. And then there is a person that lives his entire life, the entire day. It's, he's going about life in Mesir Snefesh. Everything is, involves I have to go beyond, I have to do the best I can, I have to go beyond what I'm normally accustomed to. To me, this reminds me of the way the Yidin lived in Russia, where, they, where every move of their Yiddish, the Jewish life was always in danger. They had to actually call upon Mesir Snefesh every single moment of the day. So when does one need each one of these three levels? When the world is in a state of light, when there's a Beis HaMikdash, or when we talk about a person, when a person is a tzaddik. So because of the light and the, there is a revelation of godliness in the world, a person can afford that in the morning you think about Nesiris Nefesh and then you're surrounded by light. So it, you coast through the day with that memory of the Nesiris Nefesh during Shema. When the world is not light, when there is darkness in the world, normal situation of Eulam, which means the world is by definition a, a place of concealment, it conceals godliness, and therefore you have to make your way through this kind of darkness, so it's not enough to remember it in the back of your mind, you have to have it at the forefront to allow you, to help you to navigate through the darkness of the world. Then there is a time when the world is not just naturally dark, it stands up against Hashem. Everything that we believe is true and good and holy, they, the world says is the opposite. And whatever we believe is unholy, the world says is holy. In order to push back against that kind of darkness, you need constant mysterious nefesh. You have to be always ready to push back against what the world is saying. Then you need that. And when the Yidden were in the, in, the, in the difficulties of Hanukkah, they had to stand up against the Greeks and their opinions, they wanted to make the Eden forget the Torah and to forget the Rosh Hashem's Torah and so on they had to fight back constantly they had to be in a constant state of mysterious nefesh in order to fend off the opinions of the of the Greeks so then they functioned in a constant level of mysterious nefesh as we say in the prayer Chaloshim Gibberim Chaloshim that the, the weak Jewish army was fighting against the mighty Greek army that is only an idea of that's what it means so they were in a constant state and because they were that way they fought against um, against it constantly which means they lived in a miraculous way what we call Ness as we explained before that's why the kind of miracle that Hashem did for them was also the kind of miracle which completely transcends the normal functioning of the world. It's nimna nimnois, it's something which is completely unimaginable even. And that also brings to mind the, the other Yom Tov of Hanukkah, which is Yutas Kislev, that is the celebration of Chassidus, that uh, when we are now in the darkness uh, just before the time of Mashiach, that this is the, the uh, a darkness that gets darker and darker all the time and we have to reveal that has to be illuminated by the oil of Torah which is Pneumius HaTorah that brings out the very essence of the Torah which reveals the very essence of the Yid the, the most core essence of the Yid and we have to do this uh, in other words the same idea as Hanukkah we have to do this in a way that we spread it to all corners of the world to the furthest reaches of the world to the Tachtoinim and so on 
through this Hashem will illuminate our darkness and as it says about Mashiach and, and darkness will be illuminated like the day